This talk is offered by Ordinary Mind Zendo. Ordinary Mind was founded by Barry Magid, Dharma heir of Charlotte Joko Beck, and is dedicated to her vision of a psychologically minded Zen practice adapted to the needs of American students practicing in the context of their everyday lives. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. One day, Master Isan said to the assembled monks, 250 years from now, after I'm dead, the water buffalo will be born, and on its side there will be the words, I am Isan. Tell me, he asked, would you call it a buffalo or will you call it Esau? We have here a parable about reincarnation. story that asks us to look at what changes and what remains constant. A parable about the self and the body and the relation between them. As in many koans, the story is presented in a way that exaggerates a form of dualistic thinking that we all have but normally take for granted. And it presents it in an extreme way and asks us to find the resolution. What would it mean for Isang to be reincarnated as a buffalo? Is there some essence of Isang that is still inside the buffalo? Do you imagine his mind, his consciousness inside the body of the buffalo? That would be Kafka-esque, like the character who wakes up one morning and is a cockroach. Right? You'd be horrified to find your mind in the body of the water buffalo. And in some way, you have a very persistent sense that we are inside our bodies and that there is a ongoing inner me that persists 
over time as our bodies change. There are all sorts of ways in which we have to confront that short of reincarnation. The primary one that we face more and more is aging and illness. What relationship do I have to the body that's aging? What relationship do I have to a body that will get old, be ill, and die? When we go through a serious illness or an accident, so often we end up saying to ourselves something like, how could this be happening to me? There is a natural tendency to experience a deep separation between sense of myself to which these things are happening, these outside events are occurring, these traumas are occurring. As much as we want to believe in the identity of mind and body, much as we believe that as good Buddhists, we don't want to get caught up in the delusion of mind-body dualism. Dualism has lasted a very long time for good reasons. We have very deep ingrained feeling and investment of being split off from, separate, inside our bodies, from being our bodies. There's something about us that protests long and loud about being just this body. We don't want to identify with what happens to us. We want to somehow stand apart from it and feel independent from it. As if there is an inviolable me, untouched by the circumstances of of my life.
when we speak of no separation, it means a full acknowledgement of the vulnerability of ourself to changing conditions, to the changes that happen to our bodies through aging and illness. If we are not separate from our bodies, we are not separate from what happens to our bodies. Even if we don't hold the belief that there is literally some kind of non-material essence, soul, spirit, or Buddha nature that lives apart from bodies that could even have lived bodies, that could be immortal, that could be reincarnated. All these are ways in which we want to insist that there's something separate. There's a <coughs> old saying, wherever you go, there you are. And that has a nice ring of truth about it. But it's also equally true that we are changed by where we go what we do and what happens to us. We're not the same person for having had certain kinds of experiences. See, one aspect of our practice is to look at the side in which wherever we go, there we are, how we bring with us to new circumstances an old repetitive set of patterns and expectations of hopes and dreads, all the things that come under the rubric of the repetitive transference, the idea that we will impose patterns from our past over and over again into the present. That we'll be forever guarding ourselves against old injuries. We'll be forever trying to find something we lost. Over and over again, repeating the same stories. And in Sashid, one of the ways we watch that is to see our resistance to new experience, how much we think we know in advance what session is, what's going to happen, what it means, how much we try to control or manage our experience, keep it within predictable boundaries, how sure we are we know 
what a good experience is in Sashi, what state of mind we want to be in and want to cultivate, what kind of pain or restlessness we know we want to avoid. We can get hung up on these very predictable ways of structuring the experience. Then we just sort of have, you know, the same thing over and over and over again. And we wonder why we don't change. See, the other side of that expression Wherever you go, there you are. We negate that and say just, no, just the opposite is true. You never step into the same river twice. Neither you or the river is the same the second time. that allows us both to have new experience but to also be vulnerable to be open to what's around the next bend in that river and in the river of life and death we know what's around the bend eventually it's a big waterfall experience in Sashim if we don't simply have the same repetitive Sashim over and over again that exists in our minds and in our expectations is that who we are is not inside exclusively we're not an inner self to which outer experience happens. Instead, who we are is what's happening. By being here, by being part of this group, by being part of this practice, by being part of this tradition, we are not isolated individuals. Our identity becomes inseparable from the fact that we do zazen the fact that we come together as a group, and the fact that we uphold and maintain and carry on this tradition of practice. Who I am is inseparable from that role and those functions. 
And in some sense, even though I have gotten 30 years older and considerably creakier in the course of this practice, in some ways, the fact of Zazen, fact of practice, that has remained consistent through all that time. That is a core that in some sense persists even as things change. But we watch our functioning, our role, our place in that big picture gradually change over time too, in the same ways that our bodies change. We may go from being a student to being a teacher. We may go from being able to sit and notice 12, 14 hours a day to having to sit in a chair. We may go from feeling anxious, unsure of ourselves, always grasping after something, never quite sure what the other people in the room have got that I haven't got. They go from that state of mind to feeling grounded in our own experience, in our collective experience, without any judgment or comparison. Part of our practice is simply letting our practice evolve of its own accord. It's not something that we have to push to make happen any more than we have to work at getting old. It just happens. If you stay alive, if you stay at it, in a certain way, you can't help but mature. You ripen. Part of the way practice can seem to us when we start out is that it's about making a great effort. And effort is involved, particularly when we begin the effort of learning and mastering a, a hard discipline, the way one has to master a craft or an instrument. But I think as the years go by, we become practice itself, the craft itself, the music itself, 
less there's a sense of it. effort involved and more and more a feeling of simply that's how we live our life. That's how our life unfolds. The being and the functioning are the same. Getting old, getting sick, and dying are also our function. It's also who we are and what we do. We have to let ourselves grow into those roles. The way we grow into from being a student to be a teacher, one day we have to grow into Tired instead of teaching, of being ill instead of well, being frail instead of strong. But if we're lucky, all those new roles will be just as complete in of themselves as being a student or being a teacher. There won't be anything lacking in them. We will be old as fully as we were young. That's what it means to fully occupy this life in this body. To fully be reborn. Is a buffalo.